I'm Jethro Jones from Transformative Principle, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in 3, 2, 1... Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the 33rd episode of Podcast PD. And in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about our podcast listening club, where we've been, where it's going. And the main topic for today, we're going to get you excited to get your students engaged from day one. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you'll have more fun with Stacey Lindis, Chris Nessie, and me, AJ Bianco. Hey, what's going on, guys? Stacy, AJ, we're in the middle of summer, but here we are doing an awesome episode of Podcast BD. How's it going, Stacy? I'm um, all right. How are you, Chris? I am doing well. AJ, what's new with you, my man? It is summertime, and things are things are good. I'm having a, having a good summer. It's good to, good to connect with you guys again. We're putting this together for our folks who are heading back to school. Yeah, it's that fantastic. What's that? What's that old commercial? Was it a Target commercial? It's the most wonderful time nah, of the staples. year. No, that, staples. No, that was no, that was an Office Max commercial. It was Office was Max. Office Max. That still exists. I used uh-uh. to work there. I know the one I worked in doesn't exist. All right, well, we're gonna give Staples some love. Staples, if you hear this, we're giving you some love. So give us some love back. We're all teachers. We'll we'll, we'll catch up about our summer in, in in the coming episodes. But we wanted to produce this episode really because of what we've been doing in our podcast listening club Voxer group. We've been doing this for a few weeks, and the episodes we've covered so far in the group, now if you're in the group, hey, thank you for being a part of it. And if you're not, when you're listening to this, there's still a couple weeks left that we're going to be running this thing. So episodes we've covered so far are Cult of Pedagogy, uh, the Future Focus Podcast, the 5 a.m. Miracle, Start Ed Up, and Mind Shift. And really, the topic for today's episode comes from the Start Ed Up episode we listened to with Don Wetrick, and the title of the episode was Promise Me You Will Not Start Your Year Off With This. Stacy, can you share with our listeners a little bit about what this episode was about? What I got out of the episode is that Don is really begging teachers to go into the school year with an attitude for engaging their students. I never experienced this as an elementary teacher, so I have to say, I listened to it knowing what he was talking about, but not quite fully understanding what he was talking about, never having experienced it. So what I mean is Don goes on to talk about how what he really doesn't want teachers to do is go in and talk about the syllabus and lay down the rules and the letter of the law in those first few days, that the first few days should be more about exploration and getting to know you and building community, you know, working from there and you know, helping your students glean who you are 
And then it's your opportunity to get to know and understand them a little bit before you delve into your coursework. Am I explaining that well? Yeah, I think that's perfect. I think the best example that Don uses in an episode talks about the excitement of the kids have come back to school, whether it's you know excitement for actually coming to school or seeing their friends. He kind of equates it to to going to Disney, getting all excited and jacked up to go onto a ride, and then all of a sudden you have to go sit through an hour worth of instructions. Where's the excitement there? And I like the other part where he talked about how, you know, why start off with all the things you can't do, like the rules and the policy and all that minutia, and really just start from day one with something that's engaging and exciting and kind of grabs your student's interest. So that was my big takeaway. So I think we're all on the same page with that because, you know, you only get one chance to make that first impression. And that's something that we've been told for a very long time. Uh, to some extent, that is true, but it, and and it is true. You know, when you meet your students for the first time and they meet you, unless you know some of the students, uh, you know, I, I know, you know, for me in high school, working with predominantly freshmen, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to meet a lot of new kids for the first time. The kids who I know, I'll see them in the hallway because thankfully I don't have a lot of repeaters, and I don't think I have <laughs> the uh, that repeater section again this coming school year. Oh, lucky you. You've graduated. Yes, I've graduated. I've moved on. <laughs> um, in your experience, guys, what have you done, AJ, since you're also still active in the classroom? What have you done typically on the first day of school? Let's take the average of, say, the last three or four years. What does the first day of school look like in Mr. Bianco's classroom? Honestly, the first day of school is nothing but connecting. Um no computers open, no notebooks, no syllabus, no class rules. Um, sometimes I'll do with them, you know, the toilet paper game. You know, everybody kind of knows that one. Take a, take a piece of toilet paper, whether you think it's one piece or five pieces. And, you know, they they kind of they kind of know that by now by doing that through all the years. And they can tell a fact about themselves. Um, last year, I did circles where I asked them a question, like, what's their favorite movie? And I had them kind of silently group with other people based on based on different topics so you know if it was colors they'd have to find people who have the same color as them and then share what they like so it's it's all about them connecting and getting to know each other um can i ask two questions yeah go so ahead. i don't know the toilet paper game oh so can you go a little bit further with that like so i grab three squares of toilet paper and then what do i tell three facts about right. myself well, first of all i want to make sure the toilet paper is new <laughs> Thank you. Sorry with that. Right? Just just to be clear for anybody out there. Um, all right, no. So you take you take toilet paper, right? You tell a kid, you know, take what you think you need, and the kid always asks, "Well, what do I need?" That's up to you, right? So, Stacy, use the example. You took three. So, with those three sheets, uh, you have to then say three things about yourself, or three interests you have, or three hidden talent. You know, whatever it is, it's whatever the student or you kind of make that topic about. Okay. You know, and then they're supposed to share something about who they are. And then would the circles be like a different version of like bingo or trying to fill in like the, like for us, it would be the, the getting to know you activity. Oh no, it's just, it's like, I would ask a question. So I'd say something like, you know, uh, your favorite TV show. Okay. So you guys have your own favorite TV shows, right? Okay. Yeah. So, Based on the TV show, whether it's a comedy, a drama, a reality, 
you want to go find other students in the classroom who fit in with that genre of TV show. Okay. So yeah. So that's that's the circle game. That's the toilet paper game. I do that. Um, sometimes I do three truths and a lie or two truths and a lie, whatever, whatever it is. I make up my I own hate rules. that game. Can I just I say I just want to say that I'm thinking I might just I, – I, I'm probably going to call this episode the toilet paper game. <laughs> <laughs> Not clickbait. No, you're right. Exactly. Not clickbait. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, my first day is all about connecting. Um, even on the second day, it's just you know small activities – that I'd like to do in my classroom to get the kids moving around, get to know like what they're in for for the year, uh, find groups that they want to sit with and you know, just get comfortable because, you know, for me, a lot of the seventh graders who I'm going to have don't really know me because like I see me in the hallway, but they don't really have conversation with me right. as sixth graders. Uh, the eighth graders I have, a lot of them know me because of, my work with the seventh grade or coaching or, or clubs that I do. So eighth grade, I'm kind of like, I kind of start working almost right away. Hey, Bianco, how you doing? Hey, how you doing over there? But yeah, no, everything, you know, the first week of school for me is strictly about getting comfortable. I think the last thing I do on like Friday is like, okay, here's the stuff you need for the year. (laughs) If you're going out for the weekend, go buy a notebook. The end. See ya. Well, in my classroom, I'm going to try some new things this year. I, I've always been a, you know, kind of get you inspired by me talking because I, I, I think I'm this inspirational figure who can get you going just by talking to you. So I think this year there are some new things that I want to try. So AJ, I'm, I'm really interested in the toilet paper game because I don't think my students will have ever seen that either throughout their day or in their academic career. So that is right now tops on my list. There's a couple other things that we're going to talk about that I may, you know, depending on uh, the the size of the class, you know, some different things I may try, and you know, since I'm block schedule, I could try something on the first day and do something completely different on the next on the second day of school because I'm seeing a completely new group of kids, so I can kind of jump around. Um, but definitely, I mean, toilet paper that that sounds interesting. Like going back to the Office Max commercial or Office Depot, whatever it was, we have to link Staple. to that in our Staple. show notes. It wasn't Staples? I don't care. Staples. Anyway, what whatever the right one is, it's gonna <laughs> whatever the, the right one is like. I legit spend a day in Target with my boys getting the things they need because I know what all of that is. So, like, this just goes back to me not really knowing. Can I ask a question on that real quick? I know I'm getting off topic. So, you're talking about getting stuff for the boys. So, like, you know, my oldest is going kindergarten this year. So, we're going to be doing the supply thing. You know, but, like, middle school, right? So, for the boys, for you, Mm. they're one-to-one in their school? Um. Richie is one-to-one um, at his middle school, although they don't take devices home. Okay, but still, that's one-to-one. That's fine. I prefer hey, they don't take devices home. He didn't realize he was one-to-one because in our model at my school, they do go home. So he didn't have a they word for home. it. They go home in my school too. I don't like that, but whatever. Um, do you still need a lot of supplies? I tell my, my yes. students, I tell my students, you need your computer every day. I want a notebook, a folder, pen or pencil. The end. No. My kid had a separate binder for, for every what? subject. For what? Why are we doing this to these kids? I couldn't tell you. And and like this year, he wants a brand new backpack because all of his binders didn't fit in his backpack last year because he had a messenger bag. So it was too it was too skinny. Now, my argument to that is he's never going to carry all that stuff at the same time. I don't. Do they still carry textbooks? Um. Oh, real quick on, on that note. 
I decided I'm not even getting the textbooks and putting them in my classroom this year. Oh, I put them in the in the closet. They can't even. You don't even know they are. I have to go get them. I'm not doing that. I'm not even wasting my time because I didn't use them at all last year. Yeah, I have to prove to the kids that textbooks are somewhere in the room just so they think they can use them at some point, which you don't use. Darling child, did you have textbooks last year? Get them on the microphone right now. Pull them in. Hey, real quick, just let everybody know first, who are you? Richie Lindis, son of Stacey Lindis. Okay, and what grade are you going into this year? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. One, congratulations on making it this far. Thank you. <laughs> All right, AJ, go ahead. Ask him your questions. So for your textbook, did like teachers make you fill out a card and put your name and your textbook number on there and then make you take it home with them? No. Did it, did it ever leave the classroom? Not really. Did you ever open it in the classroom? Yes. But then talk about your school supplies because you had like how many binders, how many notebooks? And I had like eight binders. Eight binders? How many classes you have? Eight. Because they have two, they have two like ELA classes. They have a year long ELA class and then they one have binder. a half year composition class. And, it's one and then they have two math classes. It's one binder. It's not one binder. It's two because they have a year long math class and then they would have a half year. Um, there's these amazing, there's amazing things. There's an amazing thing called dividers. The teachers wouldn't let them use dividers. Like section one, section two. No. And then no. the supply list is completely no. different for this year. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Richie, what are your thoughts on all of this? My, my thoughts are it's unnecessary and they're making it way more difficult than it needs to be. Boom. Boom. Richie. Best of luck this year in your eighth grade journey. Thank you for being a part of Podcast PD. Thank you. All right. So anyway, we were talking about back to school. Chris, you were talking about your thing and back to that. So I'm looking forward to trying some of these strategies. Uh, and there's actually a couple that we're going to talk about that I, I may try in a block or two. Basically, the things that we're looking at here are how can we do the first day of school better? How could it be more exciting? Wait, can we talk about the elementary perspective? Because I will tell you, it's it is completely different. The, what you're talking about, I I truly to this day don't understand why it has to be so rushed for middle school and high school teachers to the point where like there's like a special thing with our middle school and high school teachers called the first five days, which I guess age is kind of what you're talking about, right? Like you go slow those first five days. When I was in the classroom, I had um, formal training and responsive classroom. It was called the first six weeks. Like we went slow and, and don't get me wrong. Like there's a learning in all of that. It's not like, you know, we're learning how to tuck in our chairs and line up, but that's part of your classroom routine. So you teach that. Right. And again, these are little people like my little people were six through 10. So they weren't very old and, you know, everyone has their own way of doing it, but I don't know. I just didn't feel like there was a lot of rush time. Like I would start with morning meeting. My kids would come in, they would find their seats they take their stuff out of their backpacks because there's a lot of supplies in the elementary classroom. And then we would all meet in the meeting area and have morning meeting. And by the end of that first half hour, I knew everybody's name. That was like my goal for the day. You know, I, you know? I think, I think that's great. I think that's an awesome thing to do. But I think when you think about it from the element, um, from the middle school and high school perspective, we get 45, right. you know, depending on the school minutes a day. And then the kids are gone. Then a new group comes in, you know, so we're just, I think everything that we do is like a, a rush. 
because we have to get to we have to get to this point. We have to meet these kids. We have to make sure we give them what they need. We have to make sure the next group is ready. Um, we have to make sure we're covering the curriculum. We have to make sure that we're ready for finals and midterms and this. And so I I think there is a way that we can slow down and do those routines just like they did in elementary. But I think that when you think about a middle school, or high school, everything is just we have to get this done. We need to make moves. We need to get learning because. We have to worry about placements. We have to worry about advanced tests and, and. Right. And I don't want anyone to think that like, I'm under this idea or, you know, like of this mind that middle school has to look like elementary school or that it needs to go that slowly. You know, you're dealing with kids who have a higher capacity to learn generally and kids who have already had a number of years of schooling and are very malleable and can adapt easily from teacher to teacher and expectation to expectation. Um, no, you're you're shaking. Shaking. You said middle school. You know that, right? Right. They, they, well, can't, they, they can't even figure out if their shoes on the left or right feet. I mean, and trust me, I went through that last year with, so you know. with, with Richie and there was a lot of anxiety and like, because middle school was new for him in seventh grade, but it's, I just know that like, some of the procedures that you outline as an elementary teacher don't necessarily need to be outlined. So I understand it's not going to be a six-week process, that it probably can be a five-day process. I just didn't realize that teachers weren't taking any of that time um, until very recently, until I until I started working in a middle school. Maybe, like maybe a little bit before that, just through conversations that I had with other teachers throughout the district. But I, don't know, I just want to make that clear that like, Elementary teachers might already be doing this. And if you're not, then these are definitely some things that you can be pulling into your classroom. And um, one of the things we talked about in the Voxer group was just like being silly. And I think that like at the middle school and high school, like that's okay. And I think sometimes we forget that. I think by fifth grade, some of those kids think that they are too cool to be silly. I also um, think I think some of the teachers forget they have to be silly too because they think they have to be more serious. Right. I'll, I'll put it out there. Again, I speak for myself. There are way too many teachers who take themselves way too seriously. Oh, no doubt. If you're one of them who's listening, I'm sorry. As the Joker once said, why so serious? So actually, Stacey, you bring up, since you brought up the, the Voxer group, we had a, actually, because we've listened to uh, the, again, the started up episode, which sort of inspired conversation in the group, of of course, that's also part of the inspiration for this episode. So uh, a couple of things that that well, actually, one major thing that came out. Um, and actually, this is actually recently because of the Hive Summit uh, was the 30 Circle Challenge. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Hive Summit, um, most likely this is coming out after it ended. So make sure you sign up for it next year. Um, but the tech rabbi was one of the presenters and he talked about this 30 circle challenge and AJ and I, Stacey, I don't recall when we, before we hit record, but I know AJ and I interpreted this two different ways. AJ, do you want to share first explain what this actually physically is and then give your interpretation and then I'll give mine. Well, for, for what it looked like for me, it was just 30 circles on a piece of paper. And when I looked at it, I automatically thought that you, the educator, put 30 different topics or interests or 
ideas in these circles and you give it to the students for them to move around the classroom and find kids that match up and autograph it. And, you know, I have a cat would be one of the circles and you find a person in the classroom has a cat. That's what I thought it was. But I don't, I don't think I was right with, with that assumption. So my interpretation was that this, again, this printout with 30 circles on it was given to students. And I believe you're given maybe three minutes or four minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes. And in that time, you turn the circles into something. So it's, it's also an exercise in creativity, but could also, I guess, spark discussion and be used as a way to uh, be engaging again at the beginning of school, first couple of days to kind of do something different. That, that was my interpretation. So an exercise in creativity and also a way to spark conversation. And again, like Stacy has mentioned, build community at the start of the school year. Yeah, I mean, after looking at the the sheet for that, that's kind of what you get out of it. Like one of the circles could be a moon, the other could be the cherry on top of a Sunday. You know, a red nose for a clown. You had me at cherry on top of a Sunday. Mm. Sorry. Um, no, it's a it's a really great idea. I really like the fact that it gets kids thinking, and it doesn't have to be so. Regimented, I guess. And I like the fact that it's their free time, their ideas. One of the other suggestions that we got from the Voxer group came from Larita Foster. One of her, but what she talked about was taking some ideas from Teach Like a Pirate, which I know AJ and I were super excited to meet Pirate Dave Burgess individually in two separate occasions, right? AJ, you met him before? Yep, sure did. Yeah, he is such a dynamic speaker and talk about engagement and enthusiasm. He has that for days. And the thing that Larita takes from his book is to um, have her kids work with Play-Doh. They sit there and they create some type of Play-Doh representation of themselves. Then they have to write or talk about it. And I think this year... Even through the Voxer group, some people were talking about like different ways to have the kids share their creations, whether it be on a Padlet. Um, I was thinking Flipgrid would be really great for that because then they could hold that up and, you know, those camera shy kids could just hold up their Play-Doh object. Um, And I think she was talking also about Snapchat. So I like, you know, being a technology coach, I like that there's some digital functionality in there. That is meaningful and meets kids where they're at, whether, you know, it be with something like Snapchat or something like that. So I thought that was cool because that was about designing their own filter, which Snapchat gives you the instructions on how to do that and what to do, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was I just thought it was really, really cool. It's it's not only engaging kids in school, but also bringing a little bit of what they like outside of school into that playground, you know, like. Your Snapchatted Play-Doh representation can then turn into book snaps when you start talking about books. You know what I mean? So um, the other thing in the group is Stacy Ferrer talks about um, wanting to do something different. She's going to be a new building principal this year. And she wants to do something different with her staff um, for one of the um, icebreaker warm-up activities. And she was looking for something. So one of the things I recommended um, to her was a school-related Apples to Apples or Cards Against Humanities game. And I know they exist because I've played one. Um, We'll try to find what I played and link it up in the show notes. But I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find things like 
like if you've and if you've never played apples to apples or cards against humanities um basically the there's one player who puts out a card and then all the other players have like a series of cards like like their hand in a regular card game and then they try to um match the like the best response to that card so if i'm the person who throws down the first card it could be first day of school and then maybe aj puts down like running after the bus um chris right you know has the card that says can't open my locker and you know my son richie who would be playing with us because i can't think of anybody else would have um dog ate my homework and then i as the person who put down first day of school then pick who is the winner of that round and the way it was done in a big group was you know it happens exactly like that and then um stacy as the principal would be the judge of all of those last cards so if we picked um dog ate my homework because that's hysterical there's no homework on the first day um that card goes against all the other smaller groups and then stacy would pick the winner does that make sense I looked up cards against humanity for teachers and I came across something called teacher life. Yes, that's it. Teacher life. It's like cards against humanity for teachers. So I will link to this in the show notes over at podcastpd.com slash 33. And it was, it was just a fun game to play because again, I like playing cards against humanities. I like playing apples to apples with the boys. Like that brings something that I enjoy into an act activity that generally I loathe. Another time we'll have to go through our best two truths and a lie. But then there are other suggestions. So what other suggestions? Like how would you engage your kids? How else could you engage your kids? Well, what actually, other ideas? One that get? I'm looking forward to to trying goes back to one of our favorite guests, Rich Chiz. And I've done this at Rutgers. I've done this in PD sessions. And that is the uh, the rock, paper, scissors opening, I guess, in a, in a classroom. Get that classroom champion. Get the kids cheering for each other. Get them up. Get them moving. Uh, so there's that uh, physical element to it. There's that definitely there's an excitement to playing some rock, paper, scissors. So could be a nice way to hit, hit them with something right off the bat. Can you explain what ultimate rock, paper, scissors looks like in the classroom in that setting and why it would be engaging? Absolutely. So for ultimate rock, paper, scissors, it is rock, paper, scissors, except you have everybody in the room participate playing one on one games best of one, you know, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And what makes it cool and engaging is let's say Stacy and I play each other and Stacy wins. I lost to Stacy. I now become a cheerleader for Stacy and I will follow Stacy all around the room as she goes to find somebody else who won. So if you win, you go to play somebody else who won. So it goes really quick. So in a classroom of 30 kids, You'll be done in a couple of minutes. So then Stacy goes on and she plays AJ. Stacy wins again. And now AJ, who was a former champion, now joins me as a cheerleader of Stacy. And basically you get down to the last two people with half the room cheering for one person, half the room cheering for another. And then you've got your rock, paper, scissors, ultimate rock, paper, scissors champion. Right. And, and AJ supporters also join my cheer squad. Yes. So I, I like that. The cheer squad. So it, it's a good time. I did it with um, with a room full of 50 adults at a PD session in February. And it was a really good way just to just get the blood flowing and excitement. We were in the second session. It was an hour and a half. 
of a session. So they had already been in one hour and a half session and they then came to ours and Dan and I led that. And I'm like, I'm literally standing on tables, like taking pictures and videoing it because it was just so funny. I did it in March when I went to Utah. One of the sessions I led, I, I did it. And because of that, the, the, the room I was in, there was like four windows, like to the hallway. And because of what was going on in the cheering, five more people came in the room, joined in the rock, paper, scissors, and then stayed for the session. Yeah. And, and, our, and at the end, yep. they came up to me and they were like, I wasn't planning on attending this, but I, I was like, what's going on in there? And I wanted to be a part of it. Sucked yeah, them right ours, in. Our, um, our session was in the library and it was like in the main hallway of our of the high school. And we were right across from the registration table and people were like, what the heck is going on in there? <laughs> so it's just a good time. And everyone likes a little bit of rock, paper, scissor. And it's not like, how was your summer? You know, tell me what you did. Did you have a vacation or a staycation? Put your yeah. textbook number in the upper left-hand corner of your <laughs> three-by-five notebook card. And that's Bianco. B-I-A-N-C-O. <laughs> See, I don't even understand that. But um, yeah, no, that is that is a great game to play. And if you're an elementary teacher, there's also a book that you could read to your kids about rock, paper, scissor. It's awesome. So, yeah. Just so, to tie it all in. Are there any more ideas? Because we, we didn't have a long list of ideas, though. We, we've provided you with quite amount of us talking, but any, any other ideas to get engaged? So another suggestion we got was from Dan Krinus from the Leader of Learning podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Krinus from the Leader of Learning podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. And his suggestion was to do a simple icebreaker where kids kind of gauge where they are. So... For example, like you either love something or you hate something like it could be cats or dogs or being outside or summer vacation or the first day of school. And based on that, kids kind of sort themselves on their feelings about whatever it is that subject is. So there's a lot of movement in that. There is a lot of um, like you could do this as like four corners or you can go fifth. You can split the room on extreme decisions. Right. And that's it. Like it could be ex- extreme decisions, four corner. I was, I always called it four corner sort. Um, in my classroom, it was um, dirt road, paved road, highway, yellow brick road. And based on how you self-assess, um, you, you can be in any of those four corners, you know, dirt road being like, all right. So like what's your expertise with Fortnite? And I would put myself on the dirt road because while I know what it is and my kids play it, incessantly um i really don't get it however my kids would probably put themselves on the highway or the yellow brick road right and then we talk about the difference between those things and you do that with something super innocent like um fortnite or surfing or skateboarding or whatever and then when you you know throw out academic things like photosynthesis and you know life cycles and stuff like that it becomes less threatening and they're still self-assessing and there's conversation about that. So like, why did you put yourself there? You know, does anyone want to challenge that or whatever? If you add that piece, you do not have to add that piece. Very cool. So we've certainly shared a lot of interesting ways that you can kind of jumpstart the engagement and the excitement in your first days of school. Uh, If there's something that you do that, Obviously, I mean, we didn't talk about everything that you could possibly do on the first day of school uh, across the different levels of education. So please head over to podcastpd.com slash 33. 
leave a comment in the show notes or you can vox us or send us a, a SpeakPipe audio message and we'll be happy to talk about those suggestions in a future episode. So please share your ideas w- with us and, and we would really appreciate that. Folks, rather than give you more recommendations, we're just going to go back and give you the specific episodes that we listen to. So first up was the Cult of Pedagogy podcast, episode 90 with, by Jennifer Gonzalez, because she's the host and she was the guester. <laughs> uh, Stacy, what was the name of that episode? Oh my God, Becky, PD is getting so much better. So that was a really great episode. And of course, Jennifer puts out great content all the time. And congratulations to Jennifer Gonzalez for crossing the 100 episode mark. So she has podcast graduated. That's what we call it. We'll get there soon, guys. Yes, she's on 101. AJ, I believe you had brought the next one to our attention from Kelly Croy. Maybe we could talk about that real quick. Yeah, uh, next one was a future-focused podcast by Kelly Croy. Uh, Episode two, we thought was perfect for goal setting. And uh, that really helped us kind of get our minds right for where we wanted to go as we venture into the start of the school year. And that was a good episode. And that's a great podcast, too. In addition, uh, Kelly also hosts The Wired Educator. And this is another podcast that he hosts, again, called The Future Focus Podcast. The next one was one that Stacy and I were huge fans of and really got a lot of people talking in our Voxer group, which didn't surprise me in the least because it's that powerful an episode. What are we talking about? We're talking about, of course, The 5 a.m. Miracle with Jeff Sanders. So not an education podcast. Um, we've talked about it numerous times here before, uh, and this was episode 27 and the title was service and selflessness at work an interview with August Turak. And this could be found at jeffsanders.com slash 27. And this was just a great interview about being selfless and truly helping others. Definitely, definitely, definitely want to give that a listen. Uh, and this whole episode that we're doing right now is based on uh, an episode of Start It Up with Don Wetrick, so we're not going to rehash that. We'll just link to it in the show notes. And as we record this, most recently, Stacey, you just came up with our latest recommendation, which was? It's um, from MindShift, and it's called Be the Change You Want to See. And no spoilers, we're going to let you listen with us or join us in our Voxer group, um, depending on when you hear this. Obviously, if it's still August when you hear this and you want to be part of the Voxer group, please reach out to us on Voxer uh, or send us a DM. Just you, you know how to get in touch with us. Go to feedback at podcastpd.com slash feedback, and we'll be happy to add you to the group. Because while we're most likely going to stop recommending episodes to listen to, I think we're building a nice little community and a group of people just like you who's listening, or you might even be a part of the group. Uh, some great conversations are taking place which we are very, very thankful for. So I think that's it. So it's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. All right. And on that note, say goodbye, Christopher. Goodbye, Christopher. Say goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, AJ. Have a good start to the school year, people. Goodbye, everyone. Keep your kids engaged. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website, podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at AJBianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of EdTech podcast over on chrisnessie.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech, and I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We'd also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com forward slash Facebook to join. You can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with a colleague, and if you do it on social media, please make sure to tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. You want to go find other students in the classroom who fit in with that genre of TV show. Okay. Right? So it's not like, oh, I, I only like, you know. Golden Girls. Sure. Golden Girls. God, Golden how girls. old are you? I just picked it because that's Thank not my for being that's not, my podcast friend. <laughs> it's not really my favorite. Turn on I the mic and it. talk again. You could have went with any other TV show. You went with Golden Girls. All right. Anyway. Yes. Yes. Golden Girls was great. Fun fact, did you know Estelle Getty, the, the one who plays the oldest lady, was actually the youngest one in the show? I did know that. Fun fact out there, people. Uh, other fun fact is there's a rumor that um, the three women from Friends could be slated to play a reboot no, no. of the Golden nope. Girls. No. That would what? be amazing. That would not be amazing. I'm funny yes. to watch all the time because I cannot keep a straight face. <laughs> Are these actually going to be in the episode? Of course. Of course, they're being played right now. They're they're called drops, Stacey.